0: To everyone who is tuned in, um, last week we had a prayer meeting, and so this Wednesday today, we are continuing our series. We are continuing our series on on on, um, on biblical church membership, and the last time out we we spoke about the duties and the privileges of. Uh, church uh, members and uh, I hope uh, we were able to follow uh, in, in the audio that I sent in the group and even because of weird problems with ele- electricity so we had to record it twice but the Lord has been gracious to us today uh, we hope that the Zesa will tarry but uh, I want to start by introducing this by saying that we live in a world that is anti-discipline. And the simple definition, or my simple definition of discipline, is correcting something or someone, putting something in the appropriate appropriate sphere uh, of where it is supposed to be. So, in other words, you are you are making right what was made wrong. That is discipline. So, for example, uh, when someone says you must, an athlete must discipline themselves, uh, they must discipline themselves in, uh, either in withholding from eating certain foods uh, or doing certain things for them to be able to reach the, you know the, the the epitome of 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 their uh, uh yeah the potential so and, and we live in this world where you know people are told to do whatever they want you you are meant to do you're supposed to in other words people teach this sort of liberalism i ah, leave the people to do what they want and and i can give an example of of children where the Bible actually teaches us, uh, or those who are parents, uh, and even t- oh, I would say teachers, guardians, etc., etc., to discipline uh, children. Hear the Proverbs as they come to you. Proverbs 13, verse 24 Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent. To discipline him okay so in other words if you do not discipline your child the word of God is saying you hate them but the world and our own sinful hearts and our perceptions tell us that the reverse they say if you hit the child or or discipline them by way of spanking them we are told by the world and the media and all these human rights activists and all that stuff, that we hate children. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 13 to 15. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. In other words, uh, discipline uh, sort of is prohibitive. You... You, 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 you are uh, helping uh, curb the young man or the young uh, woman's, uh, you know, life and sin. And if you strike him with the rod, you'll save his soul from shale. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. So we see Proverbs chapter twenty-two verse six: Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we see immediately from the Proverbs, from the Word of God, and and you can even go into the Pentateuch and Deuteronomy, and you just see how uh, uh, children were to be trained up, you know, etc., um, etc., et and how parents were meant to train up their children so that is the that is the introduction and really that is even as we look at the, the the scriptures the whole counsel of god there is a way in which god disciplines those who he loves you know adam and eve fell into sin god banished them from the garden of Eden. But at the same time, his banishing of them was both an act of mercy and also discipline. God is, is righteous. God is holy. God will punish sin. And, and he, he, he's, he's the, he is the ultimate definition of justice. And, and, and really, when you think about the church of Christ, when you have the appropriate biblical framework of what a church is, or, or you start with who God is, who, who, who mankind is, what mankind has done, and what God has done in turn for mankind, and, and even the institution of the church, the foundation of the church, who is the head of the church? And and, and even um, when you look at who is the head of the church, who has appointed elders? And then when you look at the eldership, what is what is the eldership meant to do? What is the function of the eldership? What is the function of the church, which is the body of Christ, um. Whom God himself through the Holy Spirit or his Holy Spirit has gifted each member with um, the gifts of the Spirit in order that they may be able to serve one another. What is the difference between someone who is in Christ and someone who is not in Christ? Is the church of God meant to be separate from the world? You know, those type of questions, we need, to, th- those are serious questions we should be asked uh, to each and every one of us who are believers. Because there are so many churches who have their own definition of what a church is. And so, you just have to have that framework. By the way, I recommend this book by Jonathan Lehman. I've read it, uh, I think twice. Uh, He did a sterling job. I think it is very, very, very um, thorough. He goes through relevant uh, scenarios for each and every one of us to look at and just, you know, looks at church discipline from the angle of the Lord Jesus Christ and Paul. But let us carry on. So, So we have to have the right framework of what the church is in order for us to know what church discipline represents. Because there are so many people who err on the side of liberalism. You know, no church discipline, nothing, just leave sin to, you know, run rampant, run riot. And then there are those who are are, are fundamentalists. Uh, Who abuse, uh, you know, church discipline and end up up, applying things which are not in the scripture. And so, having said that, I would like for us to, what I'm going to do since we've got, uh, you know, little time, is that I'll, I'll read, I'll read Matthew chapter chapter 18, Uh, if you turn with me there to Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, I think we once looked at this text when we're looking at uh, uh, misapplied and misinterpreted verses, where it says, uh, I think in verse 20, where it says, whatever is, uh, where two or more gathered in my name, there I'm there with them. Uh, and how people abuse that verse and talk about you know it talks about uh, they say it talks about uh, prayer and all that stuff and maybe if you are (laughs) short-staffed when it comes to attendance of uh, you know in church then people use that verse but let us look at Matthew chapter, chapter 18 and uh I won't do an exposition on this because it will really <laughs> call for a series of, 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 of sermons. But I, 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 want to, I, I want us to think about, uh, so, so, so I've given us the framework, the foundation, the church of God. What is the church? What is the function of, of the church of God? And I've said the church of Christ must be separate from the world. That is why in First John john says do not love the uh, do not love the world um w- we are not to be uh unevenly yoked we're not to join hands as it were with the world we are not to fellowship uh with the world and, and when i say fellowship with the world i'm saying we are not to uh, behave as if the world is, is 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 you know the church there has to be a separation of course we must evangelize we must reach out to non-believers we must by all means talk to unbelievers but here I'm talking about proper fellowship as in in the scripture so Matthew chapter 18 verse 15 these are the, uh, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ if your brother sins against you go and tell him his fault between you and him, Alone, so this starts at a personal level. In other words, church discipline is not all about the big sins. Oh, you just wait for someone to fall into sexual sin, then you start saying, Oh, church discipline. No, no, no. Church discipline is, is even in the smallest things. Like when you talk to a brother or sister and you notice mm, there's something, there's something amiss. In what they've said or in what what they've done. And so when you approach them, you are actually applying corrective church discipline. You're you're correcting them. You're saying, brother or sister, I think you have missed it somewhere. And so I am approaching you to say, this is not how you're meant to handle yourself in the church of Christ. And so the, the, the word of God says, if he listens to you in verse 15, you have gained your brother. So church discipline or corrective church discipline happens all the time. When a, f- a brother rebukes me, I maybe mean for pride or something I've said amiss or a brother corrects my theology a sister corrects my theology, corrects my thinking, that is church discipline. like, uh, And especially in the local church. But then I also want you to notice that um, so we'll come to excommunication later on towards the end. But I want you to notice how Churches must be careful They must be they they must be long-suffering they must be tearing When dealing with members because we're sinners So the process itself given by the Word of God gives us a framework We we are not we don't have the liberty to sort of uh, apply our own means unless of course when we go to uh, the <laughs> where Paul uh, tells that the church in Corinth, First Corinthians chapter five, to expel the immoral brother. But here we have a, a framework. Verse sixteen. I, I I want us to walk through it, and as you see how this happens. So. But if he does not listen so what must be what what must be kept in your mind is to envision someone who has been warned about their sin okay and the first stage did not achieve its purpose and and since the first stage has not achieved its purpose you are now going into a second stage, as it were. And that second stage, you involve witnesses. Notice that the first stage, there was a singular person. There was one person. And then the second phase in verse 16, you see that you take one or two brothers along with you simply because the first stage did not achieve its purpose. So that every charge, you're given the principle. So take one or two persons along with you that every charge may, may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. That's the principle. Do not, take, do not take an accusation against an elder unless they're witnesses. You know, do not just believe everything that you hear. Ah, we, we heard uh, this about this person and then you start believing and applying like, in these times of social media, where rumors are going, there are rumors about people. And, you know, there's no witness, but you just heard from someone, and then you take the issue, and you run along with it. The Bible saying, do not, unless there's evidence of two or three witnesses. And those, three, those two or three witnesses are actually, uh, they, they actually uh, act as protection. And, and of course, this also shows that, you know, the church should show concern for those who are in sin. Not only that, they should also preserve the purity of the church and uphold the holiness of God. And uphold the holiness of God. And so... So, so so that's the second stage. Here's the third stage. And, and 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 friends, these stages can take long. Uh, it can take months. Some I've seen even some disciplinary cases that go for years. And this just shows that we we must exercise wisdom, the wisdom that God has given us. We must not be quick to condemn people, but at the same time we must not be too uh, all-embracing of uh, you know sin. And so, the third stage: if he refuses to listen to you, tell it to the church. Tell it to the church. So, <laughs> so after having worked with you, there are people who. Who come, you know, listen, young man, stop beating your wife. And you're refusing. Mm. No, she's a problem. She's a problem. You know, the uh, more brothers and sisters come and, you know, they're pleading with you. They're exhorting you. They're leading you to the scriptures. They are praying with you. They're praying for you. And you do not want counsel. All you're doing is fighting and and fighting back. and, And you're even telling them, do not come to my home anymore. You're not behaving like a non-believer. It's almost like you you, you come to a place, and you're like, so is this the brother that I knew? That 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 professed Christ and now he's doing this. And I, I want us to understand the essence. And the importance of church discipline and the importance of the purity of the church because christ god is holy god is holy and the lord jesus christ wants to find his church without blemish his bride without blemish tell it to the church and if he refuses to listen even to the church of god Even to now, you know, the sin is out there in public. splashed in front of the newspaper. So and so money laundering. And the church is saying, repent. And that person is refusing to repent. The Bible says, and these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. So those who are against church discipline who think that they are <laughs> they're more loving than Christ are are, are are so lost. Listen to what it says. Let him be to you as a gentile. Now this was written to a Jewish audience and gentiles were outsiders. A tax collector, most loathed and hated uh Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And so, you you are to treat this person as an outsider. You are outside of the covenant community. What we are saying is that we can no longer... Yeah, yeah, okay, I, I also need to make a distinction here. We can no longer affirm that you... Uh, that in fact that your, your 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 profession is valid we can no longer affirm that you're a christian on one hand but church discipline is so so we do not um i, I like what mark Deva says when he's talking about uh, church discipline in one of his sessions when he's teaching of nine marks of a healthy church he says the church is not there. When it comes to church discipline, the church is not there to say, uh, to, uh, to 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 sorry, to um, to sort of define the destiny, the eternal destiny of the individual. We we are not there to say that, because only God knows where the soul is going. But what we are saying, for the sake of Preserving the purity of the church on one hand, and on the other hand, loving this individual and willing for them to return to the Lord. We are saying we no longer affirm your confession, we no longer affirm your confession. We we are saying we have done everything in our power possible and given. And all the authority we've been given by scripture to go through these phases, and we are saying, the church is saying, nah, you, you're you not a Christian. And, 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 and listen, this actually says it takes a lot for someone to be excommunicated. You, from the, From a scriptural perspective, it takes a lot. Because bearing in mind, we are sinners. How many times have you fallen, friend? And fallen to a certain extent that, you know, you, your pastors or your elders could have taken it further. But because they understand that, you know, we are sinners and they've seen that you're repentant. They've decided to hold their peace they've decided to say okay no this person is showing signs of of repentance and of salvation I, i'd like to uh, i'd like to turn quickly to first uh, corinthians chapter 5 and as i said earlier on this is a vast topic it needs some series because we're now going to try to apply it to scenarios but I'll conclude uh, later when I give us like some 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 application points. First Corinthians chapter five, uh, verse one. Verse one to. Okay, i I'll, I'll, I'll just stop at twelve. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife. And you are arrogant. So this was pub- public knowledge. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. So this has been ongoing. This has been public. This is, this is, this is ongoing. This is public. This is significant. Think about these things. It's ongoing. It's public it's significant. Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For those, for though I'm absent, sorry, for though absent in the body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. The apostle Paul was an apostle after all. He he had the authority. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord. You are to deliver this man to Satan. Okay? For the destruction of the flesh. So that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. That is restorative. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little, le- a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the... Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lamp. So clean out the bacteria, clean out the, you know, the the dead flesh or or the things that the, the, the stuff that is poisoning the food. As you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamp has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival. Uh, To you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of the brother If he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed Or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard or swindler Not even to eat with such a one For what have I to do with the judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil. Person. From among you. And we see friends. The the sin was significant. It was public. And it was ongoing. It was something that was known. It was something that was. That was known that the brother was not repenting of. And. And in a sense, the church was almost partaking of that sin or partakers of that sin. And it was significant in that it was something that was not even named, which should not even be, it was not even tolerated even among pagans. And guess what? You know, when you think about some, especially sexual immorality, in our culture, in our day, uh, even non believers know that sexual, sexual immorality is bad. They do. You hear remarks like, Ah, arara, nemka zomunu, I don't Oh, shakadai, I, ajite, I So that's what Paul is saying. He's saying you are committing something which is not even tolerated among the pagans themselves. You know, when you became a Christian, and you were discipled, and you were, you know, introduced to the doctrines of grace, a discipled into how you should live and carry yourself as a Christian, and you know, there are some sins that are not even tolerated among pagans. So, that is why the Apostle, so the Apostle Paul, is not contradicting Jesus Christ. He is actually fulfilling. He's actually at the third stage already. There's there, <laughs> there are some things that you bypass the first and second stage and go to the third stage simply because, like I said, it's significant, it's public, and you know, it's ongoing. You you have just been on this, you know, you've just been doing this unabated, and there's no sort of repentance in that. And and you see here, it's, it's, it's restorative. Verse 5. You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Now, friends, I want to say this. I want to say that churches that do not have a biblical framework of what the gospel is, And therefore, then what the church is, will not be able to discipline biblically. That's the first thing. So, this is a gospel issue. If you miss it there, you have missed it. Everywhere. If you don't know what the gospel is, and you attempt to plant a church, and of course, people come into your church and all that stuff, you won't be able to discipline those people because they were not won over with the gospel in the first place. That is why you see most of these churches that you know don't practice uh, church discipline, don't apply church discipline properly. It's because when you trace their footsteps back to the foundation somewhere along the line they may have been planted well, and the foundation was laid, but as you go on, you see, okay, there was apostasy there. The they, they apostatized somewhere. They 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 stopped honoring Christ and started honoring man and honoring self. And which is why you will see that a lot of stuff is is swept under the carpet in these churches, and you know, scandals after scandals is published on you know newspapers and and even this this doctrine of cheap grace you know you know you antinomianism we are against or you know you're saved by grace and so you know the law of god does not apply to you and you see all these people doing all these things you know sleeping around oh god is going to be gracious to me and the church of Christ, you know, being the name of, of the Lord Jesus Christ into disrepute. And, and really, friends, and not to say each and every one of us are fallible. And, 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 and you know, we must pray for one another. Even as Paul writes to, uh, I think, the churches in Galatia. Uh, Let me read chapter 6 there Where he says, verse 1 Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted We are sinners We are sinners And and we, we must pray for each other We must uphold one another But at the same time We must uphold The the, the objective truth of God's word. Uh, We must be at a place where we say, no, no, no. Here, you are violating the word of God. And so, brother, if it means that you need to step down from your work as a minister of the word of God, so be it. If it means that you've lost your job you've lost your pastorate, because you are no longer uh, above reproach, we must embrace this, we must embrace church discipline, we must be, if we're really Christian, we must embrace it, because it's for our own sanctification and our own good, And, and of course, there are so many things that we can say, so many scenarios, but uh, I think for today, I'll end there. I think we might have to go into a part two ne- next time where we look at specific issues and cases, and even how uh, I, I think different churches apply uh church discipline differently, uh, in terms of just how they handle cases, and it's, it does not. It does not mean that they are apostate or they didn't get the gospel in the beginning. It's just that maybe elders are different in the way they think and 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 see, and even some of the congregations. So I think for today we'll end there. But that is that is essentially what church discipline is and how the Bible, uh, you know, calls us to do it. So yep. Any questions and...